Good morning. Welcome to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. You're listening to Rosie, and if it is your first time tuning in to the Saturday Splash, because we have changed time slots, we're now here at 11am, and this is your weekly nature dose um, of, of nature around southwest london and beyond and this week we are celebrating national insect week and we have a very special guest who has flown in all the way from western australia just to be here today hello taryn hi rosie hi everyone it is fantastic to be here thank you for having me i'm so excited that you're here to join us now taryn you're going to help us celebrate national insect week a little bit but first of all tell us a little bit about you well uh, as you said i'm from australia i'm from perth in western australia so if you know australia it's the opposite side to sydney and melbourne and in perth i love to go to the beach and have a look down on the foreshore look for shells and all kinds of things like that i love to do hikes in nature and i have a very special cat that I like to look after whose name is Benny. Should we give a shout out to Benny? Hi Benny. <laughs> I hope Benny's got the radio on listening at home. Um, when you're out on the beach and you're finding cool stuff, do you ever find any like really weird stuff on Australian beaches? Like, Oh, we do Rosie. At certain times of the year we might find what we call blue bottles on huh. the on the shore there. What's, 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 is that a bottle? <laughs> <laughs> it might sound like a bottle. It's not a bottle. It kind of looks like um, sort of a, a blue coloured, almost a balloon, I think. All right. A small balloon and it's got sort of like a tentacles coming out from the bottom. Okay, so it's not a balloon. It's not a balloon. It's definitely not. So the it can be a bit stingy. So if you see them in the water, we stay away from them. Okay, but and I'm guessing like a jellyfish? Yeah, or? absolutely. It's a bit like a jellyfish. And so sometimes they're There'll be heaps of them and they might be in the water or even wash up on the shore. So they're a bit like a little jellyfish that sticks there. And you just, oh, uh, I, I really want to go and see what I can find, weird, wonderful things on Australian beaches. So you lo- you clearly like nature. What is your favourite animal? Do you have a favourite animal? Well, that is a tough question, yeah, Rosie. Sorry. I love so many different types of animal. But I guess if we are sticking with an ocean theme, okay. there's some really cool things that are kind of in the deep ocean that we're only uh, still finding out about. Things like, oh, I love anglerfish with the light on the top of their head. Like they in are, Finding Nemo. Like in Finding Nemo, that's right. They are super cool and I think they're awesome. I'd love to see one. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. You'd have to get quite deep down. And I wonder what everyone listening is their favourite animal. Are you a fan of jellyfish, anglerfish? Um, but, Taryn, a very important question for you. Mm. Do you have any, like, really gross animal facts that you can share with us this morning? I do have a pretty gross one, Because, you know, we want to get the show off to a good start. So gross animal facts I think everyone needs on a Saturday morning. Well, this one, I thought because it is National Insect Week yep. and we are celebrating that here, I would have a gross insect fact. And my gross insect fact is about a wasp. And this wasp is actually really gross because it actually finds a spider okay. and it it injects this spider with venom and the spider kind of becomes a bit like a zombie. It can't control itself. The wasp controls the spider. It lays its eggs on the spider and it's going to get even grosser. Okay, so put your fingers in your ears if you're already grossed out. That's right, (laughs) yeah. And then once it lays its eggs on the spider, it controls the spider to make sort of a home or a web or a cocoon (gasps) for its larva and then when its larva hatch, they eat the spider from the inside out. How gross is that? I'm kind of regretting asking. <laughs> I that told is, you it was gross. That is really gross. <laughs> so the wasp lays its eggs in the spider. The spider becomes a bit like a zombie. And then the eggs pop out the spider and That's eat it. That's right. Oh, it's brilliant. a bit like a horrible parasite that ends up 
killing its host. And if you're eating your breakfast along listening to this, you are welcome. We will be back after this. Hello and welcome back to the Riverside Radio and this is the Saturday Splash where we are celebrating National Insect Week. Now we are joined, still joined, by Taryn. Hi Taryn. Hi everyone. Now Taryn, I have a question for you and you're going to have to help us out. Insects. What really is an insect? Because I'm thinking things like snails and slugs and centipedes and stuff like that, but they're they're not all insects, are they? No, that's right. So lots of people think small things that we might not be able to see very well are actually all insects. Creepy crawlies are all insects, yeah. but actually they're not. Okay. So things like you know earthworms, even people yeah. think, yeah, they're insects, but they aren't. Okay. Insects actually uh, have a very specific things. They are invertebrates, so okay. they don't have a backbone. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they have an exoskeleton, so the skeletons on the outside. Um, they also have six legs. Very uh, important because things. Things like spiders have eight legs. Okay, so if we're looking under rocks, like we're looking for some mini beasts and creepy crawlies, count the legs. That's right. Six legs is an insect, okay. eight legs is not. Uh, okay, so I guess like a, oh, maybe we'll come to that later, but like mm. things like a centipede. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. That's got me thinking, right? Okay. <laughs> so the other thing that insects have is they have, so they have six legs in three pairs of legs. Yeah. They also have three body segments. Okay. So they have a head. Then they have, usually with antennae, they have a thorax and then an abdomen. So okay. the thorax is in the middle, abdomen at the end, and that's where all their organs are, uh, the abdomen. That makes sense. When I think of like looking at an ant, I can imagine the head, the middle bit, and then like the bum, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. The ant is a great example. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those three different parts. Okay, cool. Anything else that we need to know about insects? Or? Oh, would you know, there's over 10 million species of insects. Oh, wow. There's so many different types, and I'm sure there's many more that still haven't even been discovered. Need to be discovered. Now, I can imagine a lot of people listening to this are like, do you know what? insects just not for me they're flying around they're kind of annoying why do we need a national insect week some people may not be ready to celebrate with us can you convince us well I can try my best (laughs) (laughs) so insects I mean yeah lots of people think ew gross get them out of my house I don't want them there but actually insects are really really important to ecosystems and to nature in general you know lots of creatures eat insects so they're food for lots of different animals they also break down our waste And they pollinate. So they move from plants to plants, flowers to flowers, and they help them grow and reproduce. So there's lots of things we wouldn't have if it wasn't for pollinators and for insects. So even though they get a bit of a bad rap, they're really important for nature. And they're actually really cool once you stop and look at them closely. Okay, well, that's what we're going to do today. I've got a little bit of an insect quiz for you to see if we can try and convince people at home as well to love insects a little bit more. Are you up for a quiz? I absolutely am. How exciting. Okay, well, we'll be back after this. Hello and welcome back to the Saturday Splash where we are shrinking down and becoming little miniature insects to run around and play our National Insect Week insect quiz. Taryn is still here. Hi everyone, I'm still here. I'm excited for our quiz, Rosie. You think you're going to be very good at this? I'll try my best, but I reckon you've got some tough questions (laughs) lined up for me. (laughs) And of course, everyone listening along can play at home. Uh, We're going to keep it relatively straightforward. Round one is called True or Poo. So listeners to the show will be familiar with this format. I've got a couple of statements and you need to work out if they're true or if they're poo, if they're false, for example. Um, So it's super simple. And I'm going to start off with one about a ladybird. Okay, so I remember when I was growing up, we would find a ladybird and you'd count the number of spots 
and that would tell you how old the ladybird was. So, question number one is the number of spots a ladybird has, how old it is. True or poo? Oh, Rosie, I heard this as well, but I've always been a bit sceptical. I'm not sure that it is true. It could be a big stinky poo because (laughs) why would ladybugs get more spots as they get older? I don't know. I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to go poo. Well, what do you think, Taryn? I'm afraid to say that it, it was poo. Yeah, you, you were <gasps> right. It was poo. <laughs> um, so yeah, the number of spots a ladybird has will probably stay the same throughout its life. They might have anywhere between seven to fourteen spots, maybe even more. And they don't live as long as that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. That's just a bit of an old wives' tale, I guess. Um, okay, here's a nice one. Mm. Without insects, we would not have chocolate. <gasps> True or poo? Oh, Rosie, I hope <laughs> Imagine this is the poo. world. <laughs> oh. I though I think, you know, I said before, insects are really, really important to pollinate and to help plants grow. And I think that chocolate might be one of those. So I think actually this is true. Without insects, there would be no chocolate. Oh, well, Taryn, yeah, you are right. It is true. But yeah, it just goes to show you, doesn't it, that without insects, we wouldn't have some of our favourite things like chocolate and I guess... Actually, coffee as well. Any adults listening in as well, you mightn't be having one of those this morning. You wouldn't have that without insects. And I guess the idea behind this is that insects pollinate the flowers that grow either the cocoa beans or the coffee beans or even just tomatoes and normal things that we might get in shops. Um, So without the insects pollinating those flowers... Yeah. If they didn't pollinate, we wouldn't have it. That's right. Okay. And the last one, we're going to divert from the true and poo format. It's a genuine question. And let's see what you think and what everyone else thinks at home. How many spots... We're back on ladybirds. We know that they've got spots. Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily tell us how old they are. How many spots does a 14-spot ladybird have? How many spots does a 14-spot ladybird have? Obviously 14, Rosie. Can't it be any other number? (laughs) Would I trick Mm, you? I think you might be trying to trick me. (laughs) Oh, 14's a lot of spots. Uh, I think... Have you ever uh, seen a ladybird with 14 spots? I don't think I have. That seems to be mm, quite a lot. Seems like a lot, doesn't I've, it? Mm, you must be trying to trick me. It's too <laughs> obvious. Sure. What number are you going to go with then? I reckon it's half of that. I'm going to say seven. Do you know what? I'm going to give it to you because a 14 spot ladybird can have anywhere between four and 14 spots. <laughs> so it just goes to show you that the names aren't always super helpful for helping you work out which one is which. But yep, well done. I think seven is in there. So if you said anything between the number four and 14, I'm going to give you a point there oh that was a good try of a trick there rosie too clever now we'll go on to round two in just a bit but before we do that do you have a favorite insect a favorite insect i do actually i used to actually have a spiny leaf insect as a pet when i was younger and a spiny leaf insect is it's actually really strange it kind of looks a bit almost like a a scorpion crossed with an ant and it's about the size of your palm if you have a look at your palm when it's fully grown and these things they basically look like a big scorpion that looks like dead leaves 
Oh, cool. What good mixture. Yeah. And they hang in trees. And so they basically look like dead leaves hanging there. They have these really funny little claws on the end of their um, feet and they cling on to branches and they hold on tight. And do you know what else they can do? When it's windy, they sway to make it look like that they are leaves swaying in the breeze. So they are really cool. I used to have them as pets. And, yeah, the other really fun thing with those is that I used to play, it's not true or poo, but I used to sort their poo because when they lay eggs, it looks just like their poo. So. Oh, I guess to... that would, like, deter anything from eating it if it looks like poo. Yeah, absolutely. And so all of their poo and their eggs would fall to the bottom of their enclosure and sort of once a week I'd have to take it out and sort and have a look which one's poo and which one's an egg. And I'd keep the eggs to hatch some more, but if it's poo, I'd get rid of it. So, oh, so that's why you've been so good at this round so far. It's the expertise and experience of oh. sorting out poo and eggs. Oh, yes. Oh, I know all about poo. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so the poo was little brown sort of logs, if you will. And the <laughs> eggs were little round. Um, they were round rather than longer. And they had a little cap on the end as well. And that's how you could tell whether they were poo or eggs. Brilliant. Oh, well, we've, we've had it all so far on the Saturday Splash this morning. We've had zombie spiders and a leaf insect poo. Um, we've got the news coming up and the adverts in just a second, but Taryn, we've got one of your favourite songs. Would you like to introduce it? I absolutely would, Rosie. My favourite singer is Taylor Swift, and this is one of my favourite songs by her, so I hope you all get up and dance like we will be here. It's called Shake It Off. Welcome back to Riverside Radio. Here on here is the Saturday Splash. So you are listening to Rosie and we are celebrating National Insect Week and we are still joined by Taryn. Hi Taryn. Hi everybody. Now, you did really well in the first round of our insect quiz, which was true or poo. I think you got pretty much all of them right. The next round is higher or lower. Okay, so the premise of this round is I've got two things. One is an insect and one is maybe a human thing or a man-made thing. And you've got to work out which one is bigger or smaller or louder in one case. Okay, so of course everyone listening along at home can play as well. So let's start with this, right? Number one is what is longer? A smartphone. So have a look at a smartphone. Mm. Is that longer or... A bird wing butterfly's wingspan. So this is a type of butterfly. We don't have it in the UK. It is a fairly big butterfly. But if you imagine it's opened up its wings, is that going to be bigger or smaller than a smartphone? Oh, that is really tricky, And I should say, think of a smartphone landscape mode, the wider side of it. Mm, I'm having a look at it. I wonder if you guys at home might have one to have a bit of a look. What do you reckon? I think it's pretty big. A smartphone is pretty big. Particularly some of the newer ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you know, I still think there are some pretty big butterflies out there, Rosie. So my choice is going to be the birdwing butterfly. Oh, Am I right? Well, I mean, that would be a quite a big butterfly. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Yep. That's that's right. The birdwing butterfly can get absolutely huge. I mean, let's say that's the name of it, right? Birdwing big wings and um, it can get up to 28 centimeters wide so when it's got its wow. wings folded out 28 centimeters now it's to give you an idea of how big that is imagine a sheet of a4 paper and you turn it on its side so you've got the wider part of it that's about 30 centimeters almost so 
almost as big as that almost when it opens up its wings. As big as a piece of paper. That is a big butterfly. Huge, How amazing. Huge butterfly. So that one that one was bigger than an iPhone, of course. Okay. How about this then? Right. Really gonna test you now. What is longer? A human baby. So an average human baby. Imagine how big a human baby is, average size, when that's born. Mm. Or, and I'm going to struggle to say this, Taryn, a Phyrenganistria stick insect. Now, obviously, don't worry if you've not heard of that specific stick insect, but it is a stick insect, and these are the biggest stick insects in the world. But is that going to be higher or lower, bigger or smaller, longer or shorter than a human baby? Wow. Well, I mean, I do love stick insects, and I know there are some pretty big ones out there. But, I mean, bigger than a human baby? That seems pretty big. Oh, I might have to go the baby on this one. It's a tough call, but, I mean, a human is quite big. Humans are big, Compared to an insect. Absolutely. But is a baby human bigger than the biggest Mm. stick insect? Well, actually... I'm afraid to say <gasps> you're wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> the stick insects are bigger. So actually, there's quite a big difference in it. So uh, the average newborn human is about 50 centimetres, about half a metre, whereas the biggest stick insect is 64 centimetres <gasps> long. So 15 centimetres longer than a baby, a human baby, the biggest stick insect in the world. So, Oh, my goodness. Cool. I would have just thought it was a stick. It sounds yeah, huge. <laughs> but maybe even like... A, a branch <laughs> at, that, at that side. Okay, the next one is about weight. Okay, so mm. there is a type of beetle called a goliath beetle, and it's a pretty hefty beetle. Now, as a baby of this beetle, we might call them larvae, right? They're almost like little grubs. So the one of the biggest beetles, it's babies. Do you think that is heavier or lighter than... Batteries. Okay, so imagine like a an AA battery that you might have in like a toy or a remote control or something like that. Two of those batteries, are they heavier or lighter than a baby beetle? Oh, you're trying Goliath to trick beetle. me with all these baby oh, questions, yeah. Rosie. Oh, I mean, surely a baby insect isn't that heavy. And sometimes like when you take those batteries out, they are fairly heavy for how big they are. I would have to say the batteries surely would be heavier than the baby beetle. Yeah, I mean, you'd think a baby beetle is going to be not that big. But in this case, the baby Goliath beetle is um, a whopper. (gasps) It is a whopper. It weighs about 100 grams. So that's, that's a lot. And in fact, the adults only weigh about half of what the babies weigh. And that's because the baby beetles are these like big, chunky little grub things. And they weigh more than two AA batteries. Wow. Okay, got one more for you. Okay, I hope I do better on this one. And this one, you're going to have to think a little bit more abstract, okay? What is louder? Mm. Okay, so there is an animal, a little insect called a cicada, and it's really well known for making this really big noise, like a little chattering noise, really, really loud. But is it louder or quieter than a chainsaw? A chainsaw, oh my goodness, that is very loud. But do you know what, Rosie? I have been in a national park and there are cicadas everywhere right. in the middle of summer and I can tell you they are so loud. I reckon they have to be louder than a chainsaw. Is that true? It is not true. No! The, the chainsaw is just a little bit louder than the cicada. However, 
if you had a swarm of the cicadas, they could be louder than a rock concert altogether. Wow. So just one on its own is not going to be louder than a, um, than a chainsaw. There's not much difference in it, though. That goes to show just how noisy these animals are. Well, do you know what, Taryn? You did pretty well there. Tried my best on that one. It wasn't as good as our first round, but it was yeah. really had some really tricky ones. How did everyone at home get along? Well, we've got um, one more round. And in fact, after the break, Taryn, you're going to be quizzing me. I am. On some Australian insects. That's right. All right. I better get researching. We'll be back after this. Hello and welcome back to the Saturday Splash where we are still being creepy crawlies. We are here for National Insect Week. I've been quizzing Taryn so far and you've done pretty well, I've got to say. Yeah, I have, I have. I feel like it's time for payback though, Rosie. Okay, so we're going to hand over. And I just want to, I'm curious how everyone's getting on at home. Like, are you getting them all right? Are they tricky? Do we need to make it harder for next time? Maybe we do. But now we are going to hand over. Taryn has prepared us some questions about Australian insects. So I'm really hoping for some weird and wonderful things. Um, Is it true or poo, Taryn? That's right, Rosie. We're doing true or poo. So if you think it's true, say true. If you think it's false or I'm trying to trick you, definitely poo. Okay. All right, over to you. All right. So, Rosie, our first one. So, is this true or poo Mm. that there is a stick insect in Australia that will copy or mimic or pretend to be a spider when it feels scared? What do you think? Okay. Well, I feel like in, in Australia... There are a lot of spiders. <laughs> I feel like we're very famous for them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, it kind of makes sense to me that there would be a stick insect that would pretend to be a spider um, and to try and scare things away. So I'm going to say true for that one. Oh, Rosie, wow. You're wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> I feel like you had too much pleasure in telling me I was wrong there, Taryn. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes sense what you're saying, yeah. that there's lots of things in Australia, and spiders particularly, we're famous for having some pretty scary spiders. So it makes sense that they might be turned into spiders to scare other yeah. things. Actually, it's not true. It's okay. poo. But they actually do look like a scorpion to try and scare things off. Ah. So you might remember in one of our previous, um, when I talked about my favourite stick, in, my favourite insect, <laughs> I said it was a spiny leaf. It looks a bit like a, a scorpion. Ah. That's actually it. So it, does it have claws at the front or what about it looks like a scorpion? So actually it's not claws at the front, it's tail curls up at the back like a scorpion. So ah. it kind of yeah, pokes up in the air and twirls around a little bit. Yeah, you definitely give that some space to be fair. Yeah, but they're perfectly harmless. Oh. Yeah, you can hold them. They're fantastic. Oh, cool. All you feel is a little tiny dip, dip, dip on your hands. That's all. <laughs> okay. Well. All right. Well, are you ready for the next one, yeah, Rosie? Yeah, I'm, I'm, all I'm right. recharged. Here we go. So you or people at home as well might have heard of witchetty grubs from the TV show I'm a Celebrity. Yes. Yeah. Ant and Dec make people eat them all the time. Yes, I've heard. So <laughs> you can eat them. Yeah, absolutely. But I've got a true or poo for you about a witchetty grub. Right. So... Witchetty grubs are actually caterpillars and grow up into an adult moth. Is that true or is that poo? Oh, do you know what? I'm thinking I'm... So you're saying that the, the witchetty grub is a caterpillar? Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I think that could actually be true because I know that when you have a baby insect, like the beetle I was saying earlier, is like a larvae. It's like a grub. It's like a little round, chunky, white gooey thing and that they do change into adult things but would it change into a moth i'm gonna say true for that one that witchy grub is a caterpillar rosie 
Well done. Nice. You got it right. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it is. It actually grows into a, um, a moth. That's right. Okay. So babies are about seven centimetres and adults are about 16. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we thought that those witch tea grubs were pretty impressive, but the adults, when they got the wings open, Even I guess. bigger. Oh, okay. Yeah, some big moths in Australia. Okay. You're doing really well, Rosie. I think we've got, we've got time for one more. One more? Okay. Now, this one is an interesting creature. I'm going to talk to you about a creature called a mole cricket. A mole cricket. Mm-hmm. A mole cricket. There is a creature called a mole cricket. That is true. But what I want to know is why is it called a mole cricket? Okay. I'll give you a few options. Okay. Are the options. Why is it a mole cricket? Is it because, number one, it's furry? Mm. Number two, does it live in mole hills in your garden? Oh. Or number three, does it have hands like a mole? So a little sort of almost um, flat digging hands. I'm going to say that it's hairy because I know that normally like we think that mammals have hair, but I definitely have seen some insects that do have these kind of like a, almost like a caterpillar sometimes. They're a bit spiky. Mm. So I'm going to say that it maybe does, it does live underground, but I'm also going to say that it's furry. The mole cricket is furry. Oh, Rosie. Could be. Actually, they have hands like moles. It helps them dig. Oh, oh so it's the hands. Yeah. Oh, I got it wrong. Yeah, that's all right. So I guess if you imagine your hands, hold them up, put your yep. fingers together. Yep. They're a bit like a little sort of paddle and oh, you yeah. can sort of pretend to use it to dig. That's how they get around. And actually, mole crickets are um, sort of related or they look a bit like a creature called a sand groper. Now, sand gropers live in Western Australia, where I'm where from. Where you're from. And if you're in Australia and you hear someone they might refer to someone as a sand groper. They might say, oh, the sand groper, that means you're from Western Australia. So that's a funny little one to do there. Almost like your state insect. Your yes, <laughs> that's right. Sand gropers. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm, I wish I had done a little bit better there, but I at least have learnt a few things and I shall be calling you a sand groper from now on. I hope it's a friendly term. Um, we are almost out of time. We will be back with a few more questions after this. This is Hello again. Welcome back to the Saturday Splash, where I hope we have managed over the last hour to convince you that insects are amazing. There's all sorts of different insects out there. Taryn, you said there was like up to 10 million species or something like that. Absolutely. So many. So I reckon there's got to be one out there for everyone, at least. If you don't like the normal flies, ants buzzing around you, maybe you'll go for the mole crick insects and the stick insects and the the one that it's, lays its eggs into spiders and they become zombies. That's a, a fan favourite, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there'll be an, an, an insect out there for you. And in fact, here in southwest London, of course, we're here in Battersea. Um, there's a couple of insects that you should be looking out for at this time of year. Taryn, have you ever seen a stag beetle? Uh, is that a beetle with uh, like a horn? Yeah. I have once, only once. Do you know what? They are pretty rare and they're getting rarer and rarer and rarer. However, Southwest London is a little bit of a hot spot for stag beetles because we've got loads of parks like the Commons, Tooting Common, Putney Heath and things like that um, where people have made the perfect habitats for these stag beetles, babies to live in, um, piles of logs. So we are a hot spot. In southwest London, we are lucky there are more stag beetles sighted here than in lots of other parts of the country. So be looking out for stag beetles. If you see them, give them loads of space. If they're on a path, do move them off to the side. But also, this is a good time of year to look for dragonflies. 
So these are obviously, um, you might see them around water areas where they're swooping and trying to catch their prey. Um, and actually, they're such good predators that they're swooping around. That's what they're doing when you see them up in the sky, kind of swooping around. They're trying to catch their prey, but they don't stop to eat. They really like fast food. They'll gobble it up as they're swooping around um, super fast. So looking out for stag beetles, um, dragonflies, and also water scorpions. I didn't even know that we had water scorpions until I did a pond dip recently. They're not actually scorpions because that would make them not insects. They actually have six legs, like you said earlier. But their stinger, or it's not a stinger, but their their kind of thing that curls around and looks a bit like a stinger is actually a snorkel. They use that snorkel to get air. So if you're doing any pond dipping sessions, and they're obviously loads of fun to do, look out for the water scorpion. But we are running out of time, Taryn. Before we go, I do want to ask you, we said that we need to look after insects. How can we? Are there any simple things that we can do to look after insects? Yeah, absolutely. And you've already said a couple, Rosie. You know, if you see them in the park, move them to the side. Don't squash them, please. Mm, But also you can make really good spaces for insects to live. You know, keeping wild spaces, making log piles. You could even make a mini-based hotel or an insect hotel (laughs) uh, out of things you might have around your house. Lots of little hidey holes for them to stay in. They love compost uh, heaps, ponds, just like you said. A bit of water is fantastic to have around. And you can also do things like shutting your curtains at night to reduce the um, amount of light pollution. Ah, okay. So making sure the light from our living rooms doesn't go outside and, I guess, confuse the insects? Yeah, confuse the insects, particularly, you know, things like moths that might be Uh, drawn to light. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I can imagine some of the adults listening might remember loads of, when they went on a trip before, loads of bugs on their window. in, if they are in a car on a long journey, loads of bugs hitting the window sca- um, screen. I can't say that word today. But actually, over time, I know that people have noticed fewer and fewer bugs on their cars when they've gone for a long journey, which is a good thing in one way, but also shows that actually over time, we're having fewer and fewer insects out there. So they do need a little bit of help. So there's loads of ways we can support them. Um, now, we've got loads more coming up on Riverside Radio. We've got the Riversiders from 11, and then we've got Sport this afternoon, and we are back on the Saturday Splash next week. Um, so we'll see you then. But, Taryn, would you like to introduce our final song for the Saturday Splash? I feel very special, Rosie. Thank you very much. It's been a Taryn <laughs> takeover on the music today. This is one of my favourite songs by John Farnham. He's a fabulous Australian singer. I hope you all enjoy. See you later. <laughs> 